This week, after E3, a bunch of indie developers got together and formed some sort of mechanized Voltron, and they began rampaging through the city of San Francisco. In other fake news, this is Nuclear Grenade. Welcome to Nuclear Hand Grenade. I'm your host, Justin Land. With me, as always, is Havoc, a.k.a. Alex. And with us is our first guest, Taryn. Yay! Yo. How's it going today, Taryn? All right. Pretty good. Chilling. Tired. Ready to yeah. talk about some some yams, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Some of them yams. Alrighty, so uh, we could start off first with what games we've been playing this week. Have you played anything, Turn? Ah, uh, I played a little bit of Rust, Ooh. just uh, to say I did. I was yeah. looking forward to it for like years, and then I just didn't really give a shit by the time it came out, <clears throat> which kind of harkens back to the whole E3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a I'm a big Seven Days to Die and Ark player. And I've thought multiple times about dipping my toes into Rust. Have you played Seven Days to Die or Ark by chance? Both. I was addicted to both for sure. How do those? Oh, you're a survivor gamer. Yeah. All right, we're very similar uh, with that then. How how does Rust kind of compare to those two games? Uh, so no dinosaurs, which I think is a plus. A <laughs> uh, <laughs> plus. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's cool. But then it, it just gets ridiculous because one, you know, so you get the cool fucking level 5,000 dinosaurs, just stupid. It ruins like the player on player stuff. Mm. So it's more focused on that player on player community interaction, which I think is way more um, exciting, you know, than dealing with zombies or uh, any other NPC, really. Interesting. So, you're- so you only do the multiplayer aspect of it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there, there's NPCs that you go around to get loot from, but that's about it. Now, if you but. wanted to play Rust solo or just like co-op with a couple of friends, is that possible or is it like a PvP only game? Uh, you can join up. I think there's, uh, at least on PC it was organized, but there's duos and then you can form clans and all that stuff. and. And then there's strictly solo servers where everybody's on their own. But I don't think there's any offline mode, like where you're just hanging out playing co-op. I don't think. Gotcha. Yeah. No baby modes. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty rough. And the the, the player base is absolutely ludicrous and evil. So <laughs> you just got to be ready for that cutthroat. Don't know. trust anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Expect tea bags galore. I've seen some of the traps, uh, <clears throat> and the traps are hilarious. <laughs> like permanently locked in to like, like uh, how like little walls traps that people have to like punch out, but it takes forever. Mm-hmm. Or you can get locked in like a jail cell and shit. Yeah, Just pretty amazing. So, Yo, what'd you do this afternoon? Oh, I got hogtied and thrown in a cell and then made fun of and berated. the life got called gay a lot (laughs) let's see here well Mm -hmm. I haven't played anything this week because I've been moving I'm in the process of moving my wife is a nurse so it was kind of a silent agreement that I 
would do all the packing and everything. So I wasn't able to play everything, but I'll still cover the free Epic Games of the Week uh, for this week. And I don't know, have you guys either played either Hell is Other Demons or Overcooked 2? Have you played either of those? No. No? Okay, well, Hell is Other Demons. And yes, that is the name. It's a very strange name. It doesn't make much sense. Hell is Other Demons. Um, It's an action platformer shooter with roguelite elements. You explore a sprawling, handcrafted world full of demons, insanely over-the-top boss fights, and a heavy synthwave soundtrack. It's got very positive reviews from Steam, and it kind of looks like a like a Contra-style Super Nintendo game. Uh, so if you like... Hell is other demons. <laughs> Hell is other demons. <laughs> <laughs> and then Overcooked 2, I think most people know what that is. It's like a co-op action multiplayer type of thing where you gotta procure different recipes and foods. Uh, within an allotted amount of time. Uh, I might be wrong about that. I've never played it, but from what I've seen, that's what it is. Um, Highly uh, regarded game. Got really good reviews. And I think it's one of those games that, like, is really fun to play on the couch, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe on console rather than PC, but... Yeah, maybe with the old kids. Yeah, a good game to play with your kids. Although I could see a couple of the boys getting together, dude, grabbing a couple of fushrooms. You know, well, I was gonna say booze, but yeah, sure. Couple shrooms, like what? That doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'd still take it too seriously, though. I'm like, you are shocked. <laughs> <laughs> We're not friends anymore. Um, so I played a couple games. Uh, so I played Parkosaurus, which is an awesome game where. You run a zoo, but it's dinosaurs, and it's very cute and colorful and bright. It's very um, theme park kind of style, but I I just love the colors. It's so vivid. Um, And the dinosaur is really cute, and you can get little hats for them to wear. And, of course, what's better than a dinosaur? Than a dinosaur in a hat. Uh, Nothing as long as it's not an arc. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. They do have hats on dinosaurs and art. Oh. But these ones are cute. Um, and it's just like a fun, chill management game. Uh, the, the There's some downsides. Like, it's kind of in that old uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon style where you have this park and you have to get three stars. And then you're kind of done with that park. And then you kind of move on. And it looks like there's they've added a lot more uh, this time I played since when I played like a year or two ago of the little adventures or missions um and they're all right but i kind of like the style that's more like um modern day sim cities where you just kind of have one city and grow or maybe the scenarios could use maybe a little more um pep or spunk um but overall it's a really fun game it's really chill and uh yeah it's just it's just cute as fuck dude well it's got overwhelmingly positive reviews on steam out of almost 2000 reviews so that's pretty good it's 25 bucks if you want to pick that up um would you Mm. say that the depth of it is good or is it kind of barneyed down a little bit for maybe younger players looking to get into that roller coaster tycoon style sim city style type no okay it's got depth um not as much as like 
a number freak like me would like, but it's probably got more depth than the original Roller Coaster Tycoon, like two and three. Um, you can control like uh, some of the things that your little stand sell and prices and um, you know managing all the different types of uh, employees. And then also one thing I did like is certain habitats have to be designed in certain ways to create enjoyment for the dinosaurs to get them up to happiness to breed um and so that and then you can also put multiple dinosaurs different in the same biome if they have similar wants and needs um and, and so there, there's quite a bit of depth there which i really enjoy but it does look like it's uh kitty okay can you murder the park goers I don't think so. I don't think so. Launch them off a roller coaster. There should be like a like a dino breakout thing, like where they just start, yeah, munching on, munching on people. Um, But yeah, that's a lot of fun. Um, And then I played. uh, So they they're doing the Steam uh, indie game thing this week, and so they have like hundreds of demos on there to download up until June twenty fourth. And I played a couple. Um, I played City of Gangsters, which was really cool. It's a turn-based gangster game where you kind of manage a gangster empire and slowly grow it, uh, which is kind of unique. Um, like you have so many movements and actions that day, and then you go to the next week after that turn, um, and then uh, a week will go by, and you have up. You started in the 1920s, and you have up until 1933 where the end of prohibition to have solidified your power and be rich enough to like um, not rely on the booze. And it, it's kind of cool. It's very, it's the city is huge. It's like the entire city of Chicago, um, semi randomly populated with, you know, other gangs and gangsters and stuff. Um, but it has a lot of interesting ideas. Like you gain, say I do a couple of business deals with one shop near my place then I can, and I build up favor with them, I can spend my favor and be like, hey, will you introduce me to someone that is also wants to buy booze or cigarettes or whatever? And so you kind of grow your network of people that you know and influence over that way, and you grow the blocks that you control. Um, and yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of depth there. I, you can get, uh, once you start getting other members to your gang, you can set up... Uh, routes that they'll take so like instead of me having to go back to my base grab all the beer that i made there and then sell it individually and then buy the things that i need to make the beer i can just get a guy put a truck give him a truck and then set all the routes like go here pick up the booze sell it to all these places so you run out deliver the money pick up the booze <laughs> um and create systems like that there's systems with the cops where different precincts have different chiefs and then you can um, figure out who can introduce you to the chief, become friends with them, pay them off to look the other way. Uh, heat level. It's, I don't know. I don't know if I've played a game quite like it. Cause it, it's got some similarities, to the old game gangsters and gangsters Two, which are probably my favorite gangster mafia games ever. Um, but those weren't turn-based like this is. So it's, I don't know. It's very interesting. There's, I could see there's some, like, not a lot of graphics. Some of it could take a little bit long. There might be pacing issues. I won't know until I 
actually jump you know really into the full game but so far i really enjoyed it and i think i'll have uh, a lot of fun when it comes out um and then i played w- one more of the demos that i played was called the immortal mayor which is a god game you play some chinese god and then you know you build up the town and people worship you and you know they believe in you can use magics um it there's a lot of text on the tech tree it seems like a lot of powers but like a lot of it is still in chinese and so i'm like uh i don't know what this does but we'll click on that um (laughs) and the art style is it's interesting because it's kind of got like that classic chinese watercolor um, art style to it, but graphic style. It's not you know as beautiful as like some games that use the water uh, um, watercolor style, but it, it's decent looking, um, and it could be a lot of fun. I won't know though until I can actually read what every skill and tech does. Yeah, but that's that's pretty much it for this week. So I guess we just move on to the discussions of E3, uh, games we saw and liked. Uh, Tara, you want to start us off with anything that you thought was interesting? Um, I would just... My my general like impressions of E3, a lot of it just seemed like it was a ton of those games that everybody wanted five years ago, uh, but now they're kind of like... It's like, yeah, it's exciting to get them, but like it's like we all forgot about it you know kind of like there's the psychonauts and then um and uh left for dead which does sound kind of fun to play and and, i don't know i've been kind of missing co-op games or or co-op shooters and stuff sounds like a good time but what came out that was just dope did you you see the starfield trailer yeah yeah yeah, I yeah. thought it was uh, hilarious that the uh, community <laughs> they found like some little scratch in the uh-huh. side of a, a plane or whatever. It was like, oh, this is the setting for Elder Scrolls. It's like they could release a brand new IP, <laughs> and everybody's worried about like a little. Uh, it's like, oh. Yeah, hilarious. they froze it, and it was like one frame of the video has like a little screen in the corner of the ship that shows like the landmass on the world. And yeah. yeah, they were like, it's, you know, Tamriel, or I think the place where, uh, what was uh, Elder Scrolls 2 set in, um, where the Red Guards are from? I think it's that. Hammerfell or Hammerfell or something. Yeah. Iraq. Yeah, so yeah, that's that, that I thought was funny. Like, like internet detective nerds. Yeah, they just can't get away from, like, you know, they're trying to hype up this new game and everybody's still tripping on Elder Scrolls. It's like, Elder Scrolls 6! Yeah, I saw the logo! You played the logo! They were like, it, it, it made me feel so happy because everybody was so dead set. It's like, it's gonna be called Redfall, we tracked down the trademarks, and then they come out with this vampire game, like, co-op shooter that's called Redfall. I just thought, I love that. Yeah. yeah. A lot of vampires, too, this year. Vampires yeah. are hot. Yeah, they are. <laughs> it took, like, a decade from us to get, like, before, like, People forgot about Twilight, and then gamers like, okay, twi- vampires aren't gay anymore. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that that masquerade, uh, the or vampire bloodlines or something like that. The masquerade. I'm I'm excited for that one because it's set in Seattle, so that will be interesting. Yeah, they didn't do. Um, they didn't really show anything of it though, which is weird. 
So, I think they showed um like out like they broke it down to like a battle royale early access version. You know how people they do it these days. Like, but no, that's a different um, masquerade game. Yeah, but it's that's that's what they got. You oh know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what came out. It is interesting that we go like fifteen years since the first masquerade game, and then. Have we had a Vampire Masquerade game of any kind in 15 years? Then we get two. Wow. So that's pretty interesting. Um, I do like the uh, universe. I never actually played the uh, a role-playing game um, mm-hmm. because I played D&D and Star Wars like badass. And then all like the smelly goth <laughs> nerds played like that. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> no, no thanks, losers. <laughs> I'd rather go fight dragons like a man. <laughs> yeah I yeah I, I there's like yeah four or five like vampire games dude i might get some veneers yeah you do have a vampire-esque look you know what it is <laughs> there's a little bit of a um a vampire diaries look to you oh i could see yeah. that i could see i that. got a i got a ruffled shirt i can just throw that on nice dude one of those like weird circle things around the neck too that they used to wear. Yeah. Did you see uh, anything else here that was uh, sticking out to you? Uh, Age of Empires 4. Um, yeah. I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. It's been a long time since I've uh, played an RTS, so I think uh, Age of Empires 4 will have a nice niche in the catalog of games for people to choose from. Um, it just kind of seems to be like a rare genre of game nowadays. Like It, it, it just kind of fell off the radar like when's the last time you've played an rts like um command and conquer starcraft i mean they're both well, old <laughs> yeah uh well i went back and played age of empires uh remastered um a few months ago maybe a year ago whenever that came out mm. but yeah not it's been a while and i know they did that age of empires online which failed uh, horribly and wasn't that great. Um, it probably would go over better now if they came out with it in kind of today's age on like a mobile platform. Um, but yeah, at the time, people weren't having it. And I could <laughs> see why. Yeah, I tried playing StarCraft 2 recently and I just could not get into it. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, not that's a bad game, it's just. It just seems like it was just kind of um, burnt out, I guess, might be a way to put it. I don't know. Just nothing new. Yeah. I, I mean, I love the single player of the StarCrafts, um, and all the uh, DLCs for it were really cool. And I really, really enjoyed how they all played so differently. Like, even, like, the meta progression, tech, teching up and leveling up outside of the combat was different to, like, each faction. Um, in the way you did it. Uh, so I really, yeah, I really, really like those games, but I, I'm just not competitive enough on that type of game to find any enjoyment out of it. Especially when you look at, like, the people that know what they're doing, and they're just, like, you know, tapping on the keyboard, you know, and like, ah, it's like, you, what? I don't know how to do anything without the mouse. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Have either of you guys played any of the Mountain Blade series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, Banner Lord and well, the first one and then Banner Lord most recently. Yeah, I, I I really like that style where it's like a hybrid. It's like RTS and like 
action and you get a little like troll. I, I think that was like probably the closest thing to an RTS I've like really sunk into lately. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like a kingdom under fire where you're like playing as a first person <laughs> guy on the battlefield but then issuing commands to kind of control I forgot your troops. about that game. Dude, that game was awesome. The second one was. came out when no one cared and didn't look that good either. But yeah. I love that kind of uh, mixture of Dynasty Warriors with RTS-like mm -hmm. control. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with the one thing about Bannerlord is it's all about being on the horse and just running in circles, arching people. <laughs> yeah. I just use the two-handed sword and just chop, chopping heads, boy. Yeah. Like Wu-Tang. <laughs> well, if you use the spear, if you use the spear on the horse, then you get, like, the insta-kills. Because you get the thrust of the horse going through mm. their head. Yes. All that sweet piercing damage. <laughs> yeah, AJ Players 4, I'm excited for. I believe that one is uh, day one on Xbox Game Pass. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it? I thought it was just uh -huh. coming out for... Oh, actually, the publisher is Xbox Game Studios, and it says that the platform is Microsoft Windows, so it must be coming out on just PC and Xbox, from what I can see. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a day one Game Pass game. Uh, I think almost every game they showed at the Xbox uh, conference was day one. I think like three weren't out of the 30. I don't know how you could play a game like that on a console. You know, I remember when they would come out with a Command & Conquer game on a console and you try to play, it's like, ugh, no way. Because like on PC, you can like hold control and like tap one and you can select groups of units. And it just... You can't do that with a controller, or at least not nearly as efficiently. But it'll be I interesting think, to see. I, I agree. I, uh, hopefully they don't take shortcuts um, to do it, because I know that was my problem with uh, Halo Wars, uh, where they made RTS kind of designed around a controller. Mm -hmm. And it played all right, but you just lose out on so many features um, that you have with a mouse and keyboard. All the shortcuts and all of that, but we'll see. Plus, you can do keyboard and mouse, I believe, on the um, consoles now. So yeah. that's funny. Not I'd, a big deal. I've been thinking about it this whole time, and the last RTS game <laughs> I really, really enjoyed was Tiberian Sun. Mm. I still think that's one of the best RTS games of all time, and like it doesn't ever get any credit. You know, whenever you ask a normal person, they'll say StarCraft. And that's kind of the obvious answer. But mm. if, I don't know, if you played StarCraft and you played Tiberian Sun, I think a lot of people would come around and say, yeah, Tiberian Sun is the superior game. I really had a lot of fun with that. In fact, I might go back and play that again. <laughs> and it's like 20 years old now. I think they're doing like a Command & Conquer remaster. They just released one not yeah, too it, long ago. It's only the first two games, though. So it's like the original, original Command and Conquer. Playing Red Alert, I knew Red Alert was on it. Yeah. So I thought about getting it just to play Red Alert Two again. Listen to that Hell March. Yeah, they they yeah. redid the whole soundtrack too. Uh, they had Frank uh, Peckley, Peckliani or what's his name? Peckleyon. Frank, <laughs> Frank something. But yeah, he uh, went through and uh, remastered all the whole soundtrack as well. I think it's twenty bucks on Steam to get that. I saw there's like a one of the ones that I saw that uh, I thought looked interesting was um, 
they are doing uh, that Guardians of the Galaxy game, which I thought was interesting the way they did it. Um, because they butchered the Marvel game, you know, like the Avengers game. And that game just kind of fucking blows. <laughs> but to actually make a game that does seem single-player focused, that uh, seems like an action game, but still carries some of the humor. And then what I thought was interesting about it was um, how you play as Star-Lord, but you're controlling or sending like commands to people in the middle of these hectic battles um, to ha- like have them do specials and team up moves, which uh, I don't think i've seen a ton of a little bit of a mass effect vibe a little bit but without like the strategy side of it Mm -hmm. yeah it looks like the kind of way he moved it looks like that's going to be coming out october 26 this year for all the major platforms uh and that's being developed by eidos montreal Mm -hmm. is is, and I, i believe is that being published by square enix i think yeah they they bought eidos like oh okay I think Square Enix did the Avengers game too. Yeah, 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 yeah. It sucked. <laughs> yeah, interesting decision to give uh, give something so American to a Japanese developer. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I guess Eidos is uh, Canadian. Well, oh, it's Canadian, French Canadians. Uh, yeah, because they Montreal. kept their Eidos Montreal studio. Square Enix is Japanese, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But I just okay. think that's particular studio, which maybe why they bought them is to be like, oh, we need some more Western influence style games. So, you mm. know, let's keep these developers in those places. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's one of these games where obviously it could just be garbage. Um, uh, it could really go either way uh, with this one. So, the, that's one I thought was interesting just because of the question marks and then also the fact that like, the gameplay seems not totally unique, but um, it looks like it does have some ideas that I don't necessarily haven't seen before or haven't seen very often. Um, and then I think, too, with a game like that, and I think with the Guardians Galaxy in general, um, if you're playing this kind of narrative game, the writing's got to be on point. And from the trailers or the like the little bit of gameplay they showed it seems like it seems like they captured the tone of the movies fairly well so um it'll just have to be a wait and see yeah you know typically uh developers uh don't have the best writers (laughs) so hopefully they hire some good writers because i think one of the things that made guardians of the galaxy successful was the humor and I don't think it's that easy to write humor for a movie, let alone a video game, you know, where like a lot of times in a video game, you'll be like, okay, I can tell they're trying to be funny, but it's Mm -hmm. just not, it just sounds scripted and awkward, you know, like every joke in a star Wars movie lately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Or even like the Avengers humor is like so awful. Yeah. Just real corny. Since Guardians came out and was so well done and so funny, the Avengers started trying to do that in those movies, the Marvel movies, and it was just like, you, you suck. Like, <laughs> it's not the same tone. It doesn't work. These actors aren't selling these, this um, comedy. The only one that worked was Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok. I was going to uh, say that with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Dude, Jeff Goldblum is a fucking monster, dude. He is one of the funniest people I've ever seen in my entire life. I love Jeff Goldblum. 
He, he's like the shooting rainbows out of his ship and stuff on yeah. his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go back and rewatch that. That's a great movie. That is a very good movie. Yeah. I'm not a huge I'm not a huge comic Marvel guy, but like still Thor Ragnarok kind of sticks out to me as a good movie. I used to be until all the movies, and now I'm like, oh, these guys suck. <laughs> Even though the movies are good. Yeah, absolutely. Burnt out. Yeah. Especially just the Marvel ones. Like whenever a superhero dies in a movie, I'm just like, yes, no no more shit. And then they come out with like a prequel, and I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> or they're like, we brought him back. Iron Man's dead yeah. good. Well, we'll see. Once he gets like needs some cash, you know, in ten years, and they're like, "Oh, Iron Man's back, but he's old," and he's like, "I'm tired of this bullshit," and he's like flying around in this Indiana Jones style. He's got like crystal. Yeah, skull. And actually, when his suit comes off, his suit comes off, and you know how it comes out of the briefcase. He's like in a walker, and then the <laughs> walker transforms into an Iron Man <laughs> suit, <laughs> nice. and he like flies to the front of a line in uh, at Starbucks or something. <laughs> He's just like fighting people who try to take advantage of elderly people on the phone by having them send money to Africa. <laughs> he uses all of his programming skills to like tap into every phone call and pick out keywords to like find yeah. scammers who are trying to scam the elderly. To find to find the best AARP deals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Old Iron Man sick, dude. <laughs> Iron old man. Yeah. Did either of you guys see the uh, Babylon's Fall game? So this is a platinum game, um, which platinum are really well known for making. Uh, usually they have a lot of weight to the combat, a lot of cool moves. It looks semi-generic, but uh, we'll see. It also, I believe, is a, um, it's like an action game, but it's also a, uh, what's it called when they're always online? Like a game service game. We'll see how that goes. Could be fun. I mean, the only reason I think it's interesting at all is because Platinum is just so good at that genre of game. And so with, if the gameplay is really good, then, um, you know, you can get past a lot of the shitty monetization problems. It just, it just seems to be that every time they put all those monetizations into a game, the game sucks. Yeah. So I don't know if that's like a core design philosophy of when you're building something to make money versus building a, a piece of art to create art. And then it happens to make you money because of yeah, you can, the talent and skill. You can feel the money grubbing fucking bastards tickling you through the game. Like yeah. <laughs> you could, you could feel the old men in like a dark lit room. You're like, ass to ass. ass, to ass. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I always imagine, like, they're, like, all wearing tap, top hats and monocles and just screaming ass to ass at the developers as they program. <laughs> what movie is that from? Oh, that's going to bother me. Uh, Requiem for a Dream? Yes, yeah, Requiem for a Dream. God. That was oh, a dark movie. That, that was, like, one of the most horrifying parts. It was like, oh, shit. Creeps you out, but also makes you horny. Oh, no, it just turned my stomach because like, oh. yeah, she was like prostituting herself out to get drugs. Wasn't that what the deal was? Yeah. I'm sure Babylon's fall. The <laughs> Platinum Games loves that. We brought that up right next to their uh... <laughs> <laughs> ass to ass. <laughs> ass to... Oh, sorry, they're they're Japanese. 
ass to ass. <laughs> oh, that was the worst Japanese. That's I was trying not to go too racist, and then I just didn't do an accident at all. <laughs> Doing a bad impression is not racist. Yeah. Um, no. So you go over the top. Um, so yeah, but Babylon's Fall, it's like a hack and slash RPG, action RPG. Um, I'm getting like Monster Quest vibes from it. Monster Hunter? Monster Hunter vibes, thank you. Monster Quest. <laughs> Monster Quest. <laughs> and Monster Quest is like the knockoff. <laughs> version <laughs> uh, oh dude you got legos uh roblox sorry. <laughs> uh, oh monster hunter uh monster quest Pokemon? Sorry, so. uh, digimon uh, digimon sorry digimon was dope i did Where's... like digimon are they ever gonna come out with another Digiman <laughs> Digiman game? Digiman. Digimon Digital Monsters, Digimon are the champions. Yeah. They did uh, a they did a two part RPG that came out. I have it and I keep meaning to play it, but I have it. But it came out a couple of years ago. And apparently it's very well reviewed, so there's a there's a big underground community of neckbeards that wear trench coats, leather trench coats to school that love Digiman still. Wow. The 90s will never die. Yeah. Uh, probably don't have a ton to say about this one, but Forza 5, uh, you know, day one coming out, Xbox Game Pass when it comes out. People that love racing games probably like this one. Set in Mexico, uh, apparently the largest open world they've done, but, I mean, that's it seems like that's just what's happening with open worlds. As we get more technology, the worlds get bigger. So I don't know how much of a selling point that is, but it looks fun. I mean, the Forzas always drive really, really well, um, and people that dig them really fucking dig them. So I'm sure there's quite a few people excited for that. It looks like they actually have a lot of cool um, mini games and side games and stuff to do in it, uh, like that are kind of goofy. Like I think I saw them like knocking over pins with the cars, like bowling pins and. There may or may not be a uh, like a hot pursuit style mode where you are just running away from cartel members trying to steal your car and oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> you just got like you're like a coyote with like a bunch of Mexican <laughs> children in the back that you're trying to get to the border. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get the water to the border fast. Yeah, Here's you can get to the other side and it stops being cartel members chasing you, but like. Trumpster <laughs> Texans. <laughs> We're being chased by the cartel. Like the game triggers the audio. But then, like when the Trump comes by, it's I'm proud to be an American. It's like oh shit, here comes the Trumpsters. <laughs> <laughs> like these massive oh, jacked up trucks. Awesome. Just the immigrant song just starts playing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, i'm sure i'm yeah. sure forza loves us talking about all this with their <laughs> look i read i read that the designer of forza are all trump supporters that's i just read that you know it seems weird for a gaming studio to be one political faction that's not liberal but they only they hire republicans microsoft is doing you know some new interesting ideas <laughs> Um, how about okay? Did you guys see the chaos? Chaos. 
I will kill chaos. I hate chaos. Uh, Strangers <laughs> of Paradise, the Final Fantasy Dark Souls like game. No, I didn't. I haven't seen it. Oh, that. dude, in the trailer, without exaggeration, the guy says the word chaos 20 times. Mm. It's every other word. I don't know if the person editing the trailer did not speak English and therefore didn't understand that he was putting the same word over and over and over and over again and that it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> but it's <laughs> like it, it, everyone's memeing it, dude. We're all out here memeing. Uh, the chaos thing. It's I will make chaos for breakfast. <laughs> what size are your pants? Chaos. It's like the stereotypical five-year-old boy uh, gamer alias. Chaos Reaper. But I guess I can't say much because my name is Havoc. Yeah, That's pretty much the same thing. You are one of like 50,000 Havocs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I did have an account where I, my name was Reaper at one point as well. That's why I always choose unique names like Bilbo T. Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> well, like when I first started playing games, like I played like Morrowind and then I got into Counter-Strike version 1.6 and then Counter-Strike Source. So I kind of was brought up with that mentality of like aggressive, you know, aggression. <laughs> game. Yeah. Well, you're kind of a bro gamer too. A bro gamer. What about you, Taryn? What are the most cringe, cringe names you've used as, as a gamer tag? Um, I think I pretty much have had the same one my whole life. It's just Lemonhead yeah. with X's on the mm. other side. Oh, that's not bad. I, I was able to get, like, just Lemonhead at one point, but then uh, I put the X's on it just because my Xbox gamer tag was, had that, and I just I was hoping that someone would be like, oh, hey, you're that person. I've gotten recognized a few times just because I shit on people. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard of Cuisine Royale? No. No. I was like... <laughs> Like, it's not a very popular game, so it's easy to become infamous. Uh, it's just like the people are like hated me so much, they're making memes, and <laughs> it was pretty fun. You made a name a for yourself ride. in Cuisine Royale? <laughs> in Cuisine Royale, of all things, <laughs> to put your time into. Do you throw like uh, spaghetti meatballs at people and tacos? I, th I think the the food part was just like like the level level one armor. It's kind of you know it's like a PUBG almost, but it's like uh, pots, pots and pans. But then okay. it's like World War Two guns and cars, and then you eat food to get your health back. That's about <laughs> it. And there's like voodoo witchcraft bullshit. It's just a stupid ass game, <laughs> and I was like, what? dope. Was, uh, my most cringy gamer tag was uh, chaotic sorrow. Oh, that's bad, dude. It's so bad. Dude. It sounds like a uh, like emo band, which is probably where I modeled it. Cause <laughs> it was like early two thousands. Was like an emo band. We're chaotic sorrow, and we're here to make you cry. You're so sad. Oh, my daddy never loved me. <laughs> <laughs> Headshot, sniper, wolf, smoke killer. Yeah. <laughs> Yellow swag, 420, 360, no scope. Yeah. With their, with their area code in it. Hell yeah. <laughs> with it, it's always the birthday. Back in the day in Counter-Strike, what you could do is you could do, you could spray paint on the walls, like whatever image you wanted. And whenever I was the last person to get a kill, you know how the camera, like everybody sees through mm -hmm. your eyes, I would spray tag the body of the person I last killed and with Steve Urkel like this. <laughs> and I, I would say in the microphone, did I do that? 
<laughs> it would piss people off so much. <laughs> I, yeah, I Steve Urkeled people all the time. That was good, good days. I still want Steve Urkel's cool machine, dude. Mm. If only I could go into a machine and come out cool. Yeah, cool Urkel was fatty for sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that. I mean, for for one, a Final Fantasy uh, Dark Souls like game, kind of a cool idea. Um, although I will admit, even though I absolutely adore Dark Souls and play every single one, um, and always enjoyed them. A lot of the Dark Souls-like games that aren't Dark Souls, I don't fucking like. Can't play them. Um, even if they're well done, like Surge, it's just something that lacks. Like To me, it's more than just the hardcore challenging gameplay. It's the atmosphere and the buildup and the tension and the mystery they create in those games that no one else really has the ability to do that well. Um, it's very few and far between that you can get a game that... Uh, it's just seeping with that kind of uh, uh, mystery and, you know, almost like a beautiful confusion or something. Yeah, the also broken storytelling. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out how it all connects and then you feel, you know, it's kind of fulfilling. Yeah, and it, none of it necessarily has any real meaning, but it's opaque enough that people can kind of put what anything they want into there and then argue about it online. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you see the uh, Elden Ring and all that? The mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, my people were like freaking out about it, um, and I, you know, I'm excited to play it, but it it looks like an Elder Scroll, I mean, a, a, a Dark Souls game. Uh, well, I think it's intended to be the spiritual successor to Dark yeah. Souls. Yeah. Well, I think I recently just read that it's actually a sequel to Dark Souls One. That's yeah the. Uh, the George R. R. Martin, the Game of Thrones fat yeah. pedophile guy. Um, He's a he, pedophile? Uh, you know, I wouldn't you put can it assume. past him. You can assume. He, he if he's, if you got a room full of toys and you're an old, big, chubby man with a beard and some glasses, you know, I don't know. He anyway. looks like a type of guy that yells ass to I ass. said it. It's true. <laughs> Get his laptop. We'll find out together. These are 100% uh, facts. I mean, why else hasn't he finished his, like, million, billion dollar series? He's too busy yeah. diddling children. <laughs> exactly. You got Making it. Making elder rings. A twist. And and the children are his grandchildren because, you know, <laughs> it, incest in his world is pretty big. You know? Oh, God. I, th- I blame him for the rise of the incest on uh, Pornhub. <laughs> If you look when it started blowing up, dude, it was kind of around the time Game of Thrones came out. Yeah, and then now... Like, autistic children everywhere. Like, you can't even watch porn without it being incest now. Because even though it's not real, like, like it, 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 they take porno videos, and it won't... It, they'll be like, I'm a delivery man. But then in the title, they're like, brother and sister are bony? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. That's so weird. Maybe I, I, that's never done anything for me, and oh, I, I was like, maybe it's just because maybe it's just because I hate my brother and sister. I don't know. Maybe is that like thing for most people that like, I don't like their sibling? One, but I love the stepmom one. Mm. Oh, that makes sense. Or like, like I'm a 34 year old man. Yeah, babysitter. But like I'm a 34 year old man now, and so like a lot of the times these mothers that are being fucked are younger than I am. But I'm still like, ooh, I'm just a teenage boy. 
Are you going to show me how vaginas work? <laughs> you know, I, I, I love so hard. I like uh, the old ladies, which is um, takes us back to our original topic, the Elden Ring. I like that transition. <laughs> that was a fatty transition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Elden. But so, anyways, what I was saying was like it. I heard people and they gamer retards do this all the time, but it was like it's showing something they've never shown before, and you're like, uh, there's a guy with a crown and multiple arms. Uh, maybe I haven't seen them together but i've seen the guy with the crown in the game and i've seen the guys with multiple arms in the dark souls game so i mean what are we it's gonna be awesome the open world aspect is definitely new that looks cool looks cool horse i love horses you know i want to ride a horse uh so we'll see how that works out how the fighting on that is but uh, at the same time did sekiro um have horses in it no, no, no. Sekiro was very up and down, um, structured uh, gameplay. Oh yeah, you were like zipping around, up. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, that was a very fun game too. Um, but yeah, it looks awesome. What did you think about it? I thought it looked cool. I think it's time for a refresh. I mean, the the I like the f- I like the first and second one, and the third one was just kind of like too consistent with the setting. You know, I like where it chops up and here's like the snowy place and then the dr- sandy place and the this and that, you know, like some biomes, like some yeah, variability. Like. And then, uh, but the third one just seemed like it was all just a dreary, dilapidated, gothic city, like constantly gothic, gothic, gothic. It just got kind of tired or something. Mm. But that's why I was excited for this, because hopefully they'll like get a little more cr- loose and creative with it. Yeah, I mean, there were parts later on in the game that, like, they had that, like, kind of Sky City that was very uh, pretty and, like, white pillars and um, platforms. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of agree with that. Like, especially uh, the first one had really, um, you know, uh, different styles going on. Um, and I'd say Sekro, I think, did a really good job of kind of mixing up um, the areas you're in and kind of um some of the artistic uh liberties taken with the structures and um especially the colors like something about uh the dark souls where whenever they get out to an area where they're actually using color and brightness um to juxtapose the dreariness um and like decay of the world Mm -hmm. i really love that um yeah, I think um, the game that did that the best, I, I would say, is probably The Witcher 3, if I had to vote. Like, um, they had mm. the perfect balance of darkness to beautiful colors and stuff like that. And just kind of uh, how they transitioned between the two with the sunsets and, like, how they did the cinema scenes. So, like, it just played right into the time of day that you were already in. So, if you played the game again, you could see the cool. cinema scenes during the daytime or the nighttime, during sunset, during a storm. You know, and it added a unique um, feel to the environment. Um, I think they just uh, did it really well. A master class in uh, environmental attributes. Yeah, too bad they forgot how to fucking do that. And cyberpunk? <laughs> yeah, cyberpunk was just dark yeah. for the most part, all the way around. Yeah. Or bright in the desert, but yeah. 
it was just the wrong time for it, I think. I think they should have waited. Yeah. They should just gave it a couple years. But everybody was clamoring for it, the hype, and then their their pockets were drying up and they wanted that good old month mm-hmm. money. Well it was like a decade too, they were already working on it, so mm-hmm. But I yeah. I, I would love to see something Witcher related. I mean, that's not like a fucking jank ass card game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like they have to do like a Witcher four. Like a big comeback. Could you imagine the mm-hmm. pressure that they would feel, you know, making a game like that after The Witcher 3? And then after Cyberpunk. It's like Bethesda with Elder Scrolls 6 after Fallout 76. It's like, <laughs> do we trust you anymore? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they, they still are releasing, like, I think there's an uh, expansion for it at E3 of some sort, an update. And I was just like, why? What are you trying to prove here? It's over. Just give up on it. We all want, we all want something else. Yeah. Yeah. None of us ever wanted this. Yeah. No one wanted Fallout 76. And yeah, <laughs> they tried cramming it down our throats. You know, I always did kind of fantasize about like a co-op uh, experience in like Elder Scrolls or Fallout, you know, so maybe they were trying to go that route. But, you know, I, I don't think the MMO route was the best idea i think co-op would have been good enough you know and then they wouldn't have had to make so many sacrifices and same with the elder scrolls online you know uh i played that for maybe 100 hours before i got it's just like okay this is enough of that you know but if it were a co-op experience where it was just like just an elder scrolls game that you could play with a friend you know don't make it any more complicated Mm -hmm. than that like that's kind of what i think most gamers were kind of hoping for with the Bethesda yeah, think... RPGs, it's just like there's like this sense of permanence. Like you can put a can on top of a car and you can come back, you know, mm-hmm. up at the end of the game, the can's still sitting there. Maybe it's knocked over because something smacked it or whatever. But that, I think that's what the MMOs are missing. It's like this the world's not the world, it's just this phased, like, instant yes. like, reality that doesn't feel like you're actually there. So the immersion is just gone which is what everybody loves about those mm-hmm. games. Well, then I think you kind of miss the point, hey-ho. Like, the fundamental design for Bethesda games is for people that don't have friends. Like, like so. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like being able just to play a single-player game and just shut the world out, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they take so much time, too. Like, I think anytime you're making something that's co-op, you have to remove a lot of the stuff that builds um, that builds the outer believability of the world out of the game, you know? Because it's like, you can't have these books that are 10 pages long that show some obscure backstory in a co-op game. It's like, hey, buddy, what are you doing? I can't go to the next area. Sorry, dude, I'm a slow reader. And there's about five books here, so give me yeah. a second. Also, I want to collect all of the cheese wheels uh, in the game. So uh, hold <laughs> nice. on. Yeah. So you're like, I, I, I think, I think there's just a clash between what makes those games great and what makes a fun multiplayer game. But maybe they'll figure it out in the future. MMOs are a p- like pain in the ass in general. There, it has to be a specific type of MMO for me to give a shit at all. Like. Uh, the theme park MMOs, like WoW and stuff, I'm just like, no thanks. It's like a game, but bad. That's what's funny about them. <laughs> like, yeah, but they're so big. It's like, yeah, 
and boring as fuck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, they only really get to be exciting and and at the very upper tier, at the very bleeding edge of the game, which takes a bazillion hours to get to. And... Yeah. yeah, this game's awesome. After you've played for three hundred hours and somehow mm -hmm. know twenty other people that are also as good as far along as you to be able to do this one boss, that's fun. Yeah, well, for a lot of people, those kind of games become like work. You know, Blaze got like mm -hmm. that with uh, what was with, with that Final Fantasy that was online. Final Fantasy fourteen. 14. Yeah, he he got like thousands of hours into that, and he kind of had a name for himself. And like like you were saying, he had like 15, 20 friends that they would go and do boss fights with. And it, like it'd be like, hey, Blaze, you want to go hang out? He'd be like, oh no, I got to meet up with everybody at three o'clock. And it, like he didn't even sound like he wanted to. It's like, why are you even doing mm -hmm. this, man? <laughs> yeah, he still plays it too. Really? I, saw him. I think he might be playing it as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's nice to be at the top yeah. of some hierarchy. Whatever hierarchy yeah. that might yeah. be. Yeah, well, that's what was cool about the original, like when WoW first came out. We've discussed it a little bit, but when things mattered and it took a while, like it took effort to get things done, that respectability came along with it, which also helped create and foster this community of players where even if you don't know the guys like, oh i've heard that name oh like he's the mm -hmm. first kill on draglobacabador <laughs> or whatever you know the boss yeah. name is uh so uh outer worlds 2 i mean they showed essentially nothing and then made fun of themselves for not showing anything which is <laughs> funny but outer worlds 2 it's being made we all i guess suspected it we were did you, what? Did you play the first one yeah 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 Oh, okay. I still need to go back and do that. I just wasn't gonna pay sixty bucks to do it. I, I didn't. It didn't seem like. I think it's on Game Pass now, um, so it's worth it that way. I certainly never paid full price for it either. It's not very long. Um, it's a little more hollow than those type of games tend to be, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because you know you can go do your chunks, get the story, do the side quests, and not be like, okay, that's. 90 hours of my life you know you can mm. probably knock out most of it you know in 30 hours okay. and then um so not a ton to say about that they didn't show much but it's in the works uh, another part two uh this one was kind of a surprise to me was plague's tale 2 um mm. the first one was kind of a uh sleeper hit uh kind of came out of nowhere and kind of blew everyone away um you know Kind of a haunting, kind of beautiful story. Interesting, uh, uh, interesting characters. Interesting, kind of world dynamics. Isn't so. Sean Bean in that? We'll see. Yeah, double O six. So. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. That's what you remember. Oh him yeah, from. no, I, yeah. I, he's Boromir to me, to, you know. But I do. I, to me, he'll that. always be Alec Trevlin. He's a big James Bond. No, I'm not. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's just because the N64 game, GoldenEye. Seriously. <laughs> I just played that the other week, and I, I went through my favorite level, and I blew through it so fast that I still Control, remembered it. It made me feel facility, good. Facility, uh, dam, runway. It was it was the one on the boat. Frigate. Jesus. I remember when you could get the Game Shark, and you could get the walkthrough doors cheat turned on, and then uh, in the multiplayer levels, you could actually go into all the closed-off rooms. Oh, man, I just love that game. A lot of people did. I remember Big Head, Big Head mode. mode. Yeah, Headshot Cities. 
Yeah, dude. Um, so again, it, 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 if my memory serves correctly, I believe it was just a um, graphics trailer, no actual gameplay uh, footage on that. It's probably a ways out, but it's cool to see that being made. I'm sure with the success of the first game, they'll be able to pour a little more resources into it. Um, and the first one was very, very good looking for, you know, a single A or double A studio making it, you know, not quite full triple A level. I remember seeing uh, a bit about that. It was a very dark, story-driven game, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And then we got... Uh... Final Fantasy sixteen. Yeah, who knows what they're doing with fucking Final Fantasy? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how I feel about the hack and slash idea of that. I don't know. Like after FF, uh, what was it, twelve? I think with the Gambit system, I think they started going mm-hmm. downhill. I really liked how they did, how they did the Gambit system, where you could kind of automate how your different players would react in different situations and stuff. I thought that was an awesome idea, and I haven't seen it implemented in any other RPG since then including any other uh, Final Fantasy game. What did you guys think about the FF7 remake? Did you guys play that? I actually just played it recently, and I got through maybe six hours of it, and I just gave yeah. up. It didn't it, it didn't hit the spot. I, like, there was a couple parts. I was like, oh, that's that, and that's that. But then I was just like, uh, I don't know. It's just weird to me. I think I would rather have had them just literally remake the original game with better graphics, yeah. like the same thing. Like, that would have been for me, yeah. but... Yeah. A lot of uh, the old... Yeah. I don't know, it's my favorite game, uh, the original one is. So, I've been holding off, like, uh, I don't have a PlayStation anyways, but I'm kind of waiting until they make all of them. I don't want to play just Midgar and then wait four years to then play the second part, to then wait five years to play the third. Like, I'm not interested in that, so... I'll wait. Um, it, to me, it actually looks good. I like some of the liberties they've taken, um, fleshing out some characters uh, just from uh, videos and stuff I've seen. However, it's yeah, I'm going to wait for the complete collection to come out, you know, on PlayStation 7 or whatever the fuck it is by that time. Yeah. I, I went into the FF7 remake blind. Like, I didn't know what liberties they took or anything like that. And the whole time I was playing it, I was like, I can't wait until this opens up into like a more open world mm-hmm. environment. And <laughs> turns out the whole game is linear. And that really mm-hmm. kind of bummed me out. You know, so hopefully when they come out with part two, if they come out with part two, they they open it up like in the original when you finally got a Midgar. Mm-hmm. Big world map and everything. Yeah. And you're just walking around. Yeah. But... <laughs> well, I don't know. If, I don't know how they would do it specifically, but it'd just be nice to have it be open a bit more. You can do it like Final Fantasy 15, probably. Yeah, yeah, something like um, that. To it, to where you're more on the ground level with the monsters and stuff, but uh, still, due to continents, um, kind of like UV that. I don't know. Forest. Well, she's just like, I guess they're doing like DLC or something with her, but like, you know, she's fleshed out apparently in that game, like in this. In, they, yeah, they in the um, E3 they were like inter session or intermission it looks like mm. it's like a dlc that fleshes out yuffie we'll spin off yeah well i think it's it's part of the game um but it's just more focused on like kind of fleshing her out 
So I'm not quite sure, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I have to wait. I can't. I can't just do one chunk at a time every five years. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's a ridiculous idea to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're like, okay, so the one Final Fantasy that people, everyone likes um, and still memorable today, um, it's the only one we can actually bleed money out of. So let's split it up and make it as long as possible and just extract as much money from people's um, nostalgia as we you can. Know weird. I actually was an FF8 person. I played FF8 before mm. I played FF7. So, and I have super fond memories of Final Fantasy VIII. And uh, like, I actually one of uh, the skills I got as a gamer early on was I can uh, move my, I can do like a fast twitch thing with my finger because you had to press the button really <laughs> fast uh, to boost the summon. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, and like at first, like you know, you you press like that, and then there was a controller where like you could turn on auto mode and it would press the button, but it wasn't nearly as fast as you could press it if you could make your arm convulse. So I got that gamer ability from FF8. So whenever there's like a mini game where you have to press a button really fast, like I don't think anybody's gonna beat me at that, thanks to FF8. <laughs> this is why his wife hasn't divorced him yet. You can just <laughs> flick that pussy. You flick that bean. Look at the flick of yeah, the 1,000 RPM. <laughs> um, oh, another one I saw, which kind of looked interesting. This one kind of a lot of people are looking at uh, from uh, the indie games was called Replaced. And it looks like a little side-scroller action platformer, um, maybe even a Metroidvania style. But it's got... Some very good-looking pixel art. It's very gritty. It kind of looks like uh, kind of dark, um, but the 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 combat looked pretty meaty. Um, and the world seems very interesting. Maybe a sort of post cyberpunk style uh, world. Um, you know, after like some sort of big uh, downfall of civilizations or something. But it seems interesting. Uh, looked really cool. Looked really like quick and satisfying in the combat uh, so that one kind of surprised Looks a lot like of people a too bad trip <laughs> <laughs> you know you learn the most about yourself from bad trips so maybe not all bad i don't think i've ever had a bad trip uh, well i have <laughs> and i remember it to this day decade and a half later <laughs> did you go into it with like bad thoughts in your head already or did the bad thoughts come no once you were well, they came because I was, like, tripping with sober people. Drunk people. I was the yeah. only one tripping. Oh, yeah. It was a whole thing. Like, I, I got in my head. Like, they were all talking. Like, we were playing, like, drinking games. Like, bouncing the quarter into the shot glass or whatever yeah. that game. And the way they were doing it and the way the coin was falling, it was like, boom. And it sounded like it was creating, like, a music, like, on purpose. And then the way they were talking was like how like people talk on TV, not in real life, <laughs> you know, yeah. where they're like, wait, you know, there's no over talking or anything. And then it got in my head that they're not real, that they're demons. And then I'm actually in hell reliving this moment over and over and over again. And uh, that they're just like fucking with me. And uh, yeah, it's a whole thing. Mm. The, the worst <laughs> part for any trip for me is just coming down off of it. Like, I just want to stay tripping forever. Like and when you start coming down off of it, I get this like gross feeling, like ugh, back to reality. 
<laughs> I haven't tripped in a long time, though. I think the last time I did any drug like that was probably, I don't know, 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. I think last time Taryn was over at Wasted and ate a shit ton of mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Which, which solved my hangover, actually. Because I should have, by all accounts, been super hungover in the morning. But I woke up not very hungover. Oh, must have been the psilocybin. Yeah, dude. It's like sponging, sponging the alcohol out of me. Yeah. Uh, just a couple more little um, indies to mention. Well, uh, real quick, uh, actually, it's Halo Infinite uh, making the multiplayer free. Uh, showed a little bit of the campaign. Looks like a Halo game. I really like Halo games, so hopefully this is successful and gets people back into it. However, you know, I don't know how much they showed there that really blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of expecting something different or changing the art style back to almost the original where some things were really, um, like edgy and like i don't know straight lines and then and then mm -hmm. they had the alien stuff that had all these curves and shapes to them and yeah, i, I really i really like the art style of the original uh three and then they they after i think it's maybe it was the three four three change that everything everything's just blocky and jagged and i think that's the only thing that bothers me it looks fun though maybe it i mean it looks like they went back a little bit looks like uh halo 4 maybe kind of yeah it does still have like the reach stuff it seems like some yeah. powers which i thought was when the game started going downhill personally i know people like that shit i did not i like the grenades the guns you know and then uh, sniper melee killing motherfuckers. Like I don't, like I don't really like shields and jetpacks. I don't think it adds to the game. Um, vehicles. I think vehicles are awesome. You like vehicles? But they were always there. Okay. Yeah. It's just that uh, I think what a lot of people don't understand when they're designing these games because it's well, we got to do something new. We got to add stuff. You know, we got to add this. And, you know what's cooler than a robot? Than a robot with. Uh, a machine gun on its head, you know, <laughs> and then a machine gun on top of the machine gun. And it's like, sometimes simplicity is what's fun. Sometimes you don't need every single thing all at once because um, it can be distracting. It can take away from the core enjoyment of the gameplay. Uh, so that's kind of my feeling. We'll see. It looked like they had a grappling hook, which I could see would be fun in a first person shooter. Yeah, especially Halo style. But I remember uh, the world is not enough on the N64 when that came out. They had like a grappling hook, and it looks like uh, on the new Battlefield uh, they got like some kind of grappling hook type of thing where you can grappling hook and then swing over into different areas. So I think that will be fun, uh, fun aspect to yeah. it. I like that idea. Looks like a chaotic mess. Did you guys? Uh, um, but then, uh, sorry. I was going to say, no, go um, did either of you guys see any type of like new Stardew Valley type of game coming out this E3? Yeah, I think there was a... Yeah, I think there was a couple, actually. Um, there's just so many indie games that I like kind of got lost in them all. Like a space one, right? Yeah, there's a one where you're on Mars. Uh, yeah. Like, it's called Lonely Outpost, I think. Yeah, yeah. Lonely yeah. Outpost. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look that up right now. Because like, I've just been so surprised because that was such a huge success. And, like, really, Stardew Valley is just kind of like a skeleton version 
of what a game like that could be. So I'm just kind of surprised that more developers haven't taken a shot at making a game like that and uh, expanding on it. I don't know. I liked I, I, Stardew Valley is one of my favorite games, but I was always a Harvest Moon kid. Like, yeah. Uh, the first, um, I think Harvest Moon 64 was my first Harvest Moon. And ever since then, I've been in love with them. Yeah, I, I really like the Game Boy one. Yeah, yeah. They had quite a quite a few really good ones, especially the Game Boy Advance. Um, had one like Tail or Mineral Mineral Town and like Tail Two Islands or something like that. Mm. I remember seeing uh, those games in EGM uh, magazine and like Nintendo Power, and I always would see it and be like, "Oh, it looks like so much fun! I hope I can get that someday." But of course, when you're that young. You don't have just money to just go buy whatever you want. So you get the magazine in every month or every week. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh. You just drool. Yeah. Yeah, just drool. So Harvest Moon was one of those yeah. games for me where I saw it in the magazine and it always looked so awesome, but I could never afford it. Yeah. Dude, I'm surprised. Daddy, daddy, please, daddy, buy me the farming <laughs> game, please. Daddy, I want the farming game. Yeah, that's me. That's yeah. me. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I'll just run through a couple of these real quick. Okay. Uh, Trash Sailors, co-op, uh, raft game. Um, you're like, yeah, it looks like you're on a little raft with your buddies, and you're like trying to catch stuff, and you're moving throughout this world. What, what caught my eye about it was it looks like um, a picture pop-up game, like almost like like someone made everything out of paper and colorful paper and uh you know made it look like that and it made it like that yeah the art style uh, looks really cool on that yeah yeah um serial cleaners uh this is a part two to a game that's called serial cleaner where it's a stealth game but like say the mob murders someone and you gotta like sneak around as the cops are investigating and like clean up all the blood and hide the bodies no, not like not my. I'm not huge into those type of games, uh, stealth games. I'm very picky about them, but Metal Gear Solid. I could see that being fun. Yeah. Uh, Fire Girl. We got Fire Girl, which is a side-scrolling firefighting platformer. You know, looks kind of like you level up and you battle She's fire. She's hot. Yeah, dude. Put the... mm. Yeah, dude. She puts the fire in my loins. Uh, we got uh, Planet of Luna, which is like a puzzle adventure story game. Um, very, very beautiful looking. Um, cool art style. People are really interested in that one. Uh, Sable, which people are raving about. But every time I see it, I don't understand what they like about it. Because it seems like you just drive around. This ga- like, That game's been out for a while, world. though, hasn't it? I don't think so. I remember seeing it like a year or two ago. Like, it's well, it's been in development for a long time. It's definitely one of the indie games that people have been aware of for a while. Mm. Yeah, it looks lame. Yeah, but people seem to really love it. So mm. I don't know. I don't see any gameplay besides exploration. Just takes a little more of more than that for me. So yeah, I mean that's all the ones I. I saw or felt like talking about. I mean, there were so many indie games though. Like, that's one thing I thought. Like, people are hating on this E3, but I thought as long as you don't give a shit about big titles, like this E3 was actually really awesome because 
there are a ton of really cool um, small companies making uh, really interesting, fun-looking games, especially if you're like uh, a nerd that loves management and tycoon-type games like I do. Mm-hmm. Same here. Yeah, and I got the same. Uh, I didn't sit down and watch all 1,000 hours of this year's E3 because <laughs> I'd rather shoot myself in the fucking head. But <laughs> but like from the games that I saw, a lot of the indie games do look like they'd be more worthwhile than a lot of the games trying harder to be more triple A, mm-hmm. you know, spending more money on graphics rather than concerning themselves about gameplay and depth, you know. Yeah. It's just making a fun game. Like, yeah, I mean. Maybe COVID was, you know, a good thing for, you know, small development teams. I mean, I saw one game, I forgot what it was called, but the guy is just working on it by himself. And like that must have been due to just sitting at home all day, you know, smoking weed, drinking coffee, smoking, yeah. just having a great time. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Stardew Valley. I mean, that was one guy. Yeah. Concerned. You just love those Harvest Moon games. Yeah. Um, before we go, I do want to mention, I don't know if people know this or not, but we are on Spotify and, uh, other, uh, podcast apps. Uh, we're still working on getting iTunes set up. They're a little bit more picky about, uh, getting our RSS feed accepted in there, but we'll be on iTunes here soon as well. So for Mm -hmm. all five of you, uh, if you want to listen to us somewhere else, that's where we'll be. (laughs) Final thoughts on, uh, E3 though, uh, Taryn? Um, gay. Gay. <laughs> mm. Now, it, it just you know, another year of post-pandemic shit. You know, I I had a feeling that it was going to be a drought for the most part. I think uh, come next year we're going to be have a lot more to you know fawn over and you know get the hype train rolling. It was kind of a uh, you know. Middle of the road E3. I wasn't say it was wasn't bad, but it wasn't like amazing, you know. But you know, it's still nice. Yeah, nothing mind blowing. Hope. Yeah, I hope you're right about that, Taryn. Uh, I think what's happened this past year, this past couple of years, with uh, these major companies really disappointing their fan bases. You know, uh, CD Projekt Red with Cyberpunk, and then Bethesda with Fallout 76. And then, like, uh, there's this conference, E3, where it's like, oh, here's all the big games coming out. I think a lot of gamers have kind of lost their trust in these um, AAA titles and the companies trying to make them. Um, And I think right now we're kind of seeing the rise of indie developers and indie games where it's just these, you know, small groups of people that are doing it because they love to do it. They don't have the corporate overlords you know making calls that you know they don't actually have to go in there and implement it into the game like the actual developers have to um Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people are disappointed with this e3 uh, a lot because of that and i I do think that there's an aspect to it where i I think there is a breaking point where gamers will become kind of spoiled um i mean if these games are coming out right now 10 years ago it would be i think people would be a lot more excited but there's just been so many good games that have come out in the past that like how do you keep doing better and better and better and better and better there's a breaking point and i think we've kind of reached that you know and so i I just think gamers have kind of gotten spoiled a little bit you know and and that's one of the reasons why i think indie games are going to kind of rise up a little bit here for a while 
uh, it's not so much about the AAA huge titles with the expensive licenses and the crazy graphics and all this money being dumped behind the game. It's more of just the love put into the game and the depth. So uh, that's yeah. just the kind of feel I got from this. Season. Agreed. Yeah, Total I agree with that. Yeah, I actually think Avengers massive failure as a game, um, both financially and critically, is a good thing. I, I think that um, I, I think that that can lead to companies being like, "Oh shit, maybe um, maybe we do need to have programmers that have a little bit of soul, you know, and style uh, going into these games, a little uniqueness, because you know, a lot of this stuff is just." I mean, it's hollow, it's emotionless, um, it, it lacks all art. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just garbage. But luckily, it's never been better for gaming because we've never had more indie games with more refreshing new ideas, new takes than ever before. Um, it's kind of like music, at least in my opinion. Music has always been bad on the radio, but now it's like worse than it's ever been on like public commercial um places and yet there's never been more artists making more unique awesome stuff if you just are able to you know look peel off the layer of the top fancy produced stuff and start diving into um local scenes and underground you know, underground mm-hmm. stuff yeah, yeah. so yeah. absolutely loving it uh, i want to thank you taryn for being here our first guest yay to have you back you got hopefully. it uh thanks taryn then, uh, yeah, uh, like, subscribe, do all that crap uh, that I hate to say. Um, thanks for joining us at Nuclear Grenade, and y'all have a wonderful week. Godspeed. Choo, 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 choo.